On this edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast, we look back at Utah's win over Washington State, the bye week, and the challenge they have at Oregon State this Saturday. That and more on the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast, brought to you by Mr. Mac. This is Lee Benson with the Deseret News, and I'd like you to welcome today's Ute Insider podcast with the great Dirk Facer and friends. Welcome to another edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast, brought to you by the good folks at Mr. Mac. I'm Dirk Facer, joined here in our Swank Salt Lake City studios by a couple of colleagues from the paper, Jody Gennessy and Ryan McDonald. Hope you guys are doing well. You ready to talk some football? Let's do it. Yes, All sir. Right. All right. Well, the Utes are coming off a bye week, so they didn't lose this week. They didn't win either. Kyle Whittingham was kind of hopeful that the guys would be able to recharge their batteries and get healed up. He gave them Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off to do so. Jody, they're going into a pivotal stretch. That Oregon State game is next. It's on Saturday. That once looked like an easy win. Then Oregon State started playing some football, and they could be challenged up in Corvallis. Yeah, I mean, I I thought Kyle said today in his press conference that it's always tough to play on the road in the back 12 and Oregon State has a very balanced offense. They're rushing for over 200 yards and passing for 270-ish. So this is, they present some challenges and they've looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. So it's not a give me. Yeah, you know, they have a quarterback that's six foot seven, So he's a guy that can be able to look over the line, even a massive line like Utah's. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. You know, the one thing with the Beavers, they're susceptible to no defense. Their defense gives up a lot of yardage. They can put points on the board, but it'd be a shootout. And uh, I think Utah would like to avoid the shootout. All right, guys, what about the Pac-12 South in particular? That's obviously the division that the Utes want to win so they can go to the Pac-12 championship game. How do you guys see see things shaping up there? Obviously, Arizona's doing well. Arizona State's in the mix. I mean, Utah. Ryan, how do you see things? Honestly, you know, I think after Utah lost to USC, everybody all of a sudden just wrote off Utah. But And again, things are completely wide open, and, and I think they probably will be throughout the, the remainder of the season. But I still think the teams that that you thought are going to be good will eventually rise to the top. You know, it's you got to think that, that Utah is going to end up better than than the Colorados, than, than the Arizonas when it all shakes out. I, I right. think it's still in that kind of muddled beginning stages, but uh, I, I still think as as much as maybe fans are disappointed that Utah lost, you still got to gotta feel good about them, I, I think. Yeah, I think they're still, Utah is still the favorite in the Pac-12 South, but the, obviously the, with Air, Oregon State this week and then Arizona State next week, things uh, will kind of clarify themselves a little bit. And who knows, at the end of the season, if Arizona keeps playing well, that could be an interesting game down there November 23rd. That'd be a challenge. So there's some hurdles to get over for the Utes. Um, now, the bye week, uh, jumping back on that, should have been really good for the Utes to heal up, especially with running back Zach Moss. I had an opportunity to talk to him last week, and his goal, and everybody's goal on the team was to have him back this week. Kyle Whittingham reiterated that at his press conferences uh, today, saying that he expects a full stable of running backs uh, when they play Oregon State. How important is it to get Zach Moss back, Ryan? Do you think that they, uh, they obviously did okay against Washington State without him, but he is one of the elite running backs in the country, and I'm sure they'd love to have him back as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, anytime you you can get one of the best running backs in the country back, obviously you want that as opposed to, to not having it. I think 
a lot of fans were probably worried when he got hurt that it was going to be a, a long-term deal. And, and so I, I think that the Utes have to probably consider them themselves lucky that, that they had the bye week when they had, obviously he was out the one game, but, but that he had the, that they had the bye week when they had it. And, and now hopefully for, for them, he can be back to a hundred percent because he, he really is so crucial to, to everything that they do on offense. Yeah. Okay, how spe- I'm sorry to interrupt you, but how, how special would it be? for Zach Moss. He's closing in on the record to be the career rushing leader. He might be able to get those numbers in Corvallis. Be kind of cool for him to get it at Rice Eccles the next week, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. That'd be fun for the... I mean, the Utes have sold out 60 times in a row, and there'd be a fired up stadium there with the Arizona State game, which could uh, be a big one. So that'd that'd be fun for Zach that that week. What I like is Zach's... Kind of the silver lining of the Zach Moss injury. Kind of like last year we had a silver lining with the Utes replacement play so well. Uh, this year, Tyler Huntley has been the one that's really stepped up. They haven't really haven't had huge rushing efforts uh, with Zach gone, but Tyler Huntley has really emerged as the clear leader, the best player on the Ute offense. And I think in a way that probably boosted his confidence and the confidence of the offense to show that, that they don't necessarily have to lean on Zach Moss. They can be a, a versatile, balanced team, but they're so much better with Zach Moss, especially now that Tyler Huntley, I think, has taken a, a step forward in his career. I agree. Hey, brace yourself, guys. Mr. Mac has a great deal going on right now. Buy one suit for $299. Get a second one for just a dollar. Suit sizes are available from size 36 up to 56. It's an unbeatable value on classic or slim fit suits. That's at all Mr. Macs. Check them out. And they are the official sponsor of this podcast. So thank you, Mr. Max. I'm going to have to see if I can get into one of those slim fits. I'll take a 56 slim fit, please. I'll take a 54. We'll be good. All right. Hey, guys, let's jump back in. Uh, Let's talk about Oregon State a little bit. Oregon State, uh, Ryan, you kind of alluded to it earlier. They're kind of a surprise team right now. They've improved a lot uh, in the two years since Gary Anderson's left. The program's kind of rebuilding, and they're doing well. Does it surprise you that they're this good this soon? And they're two and three, so they're not world beaters. But they obviously are playing better than I think a lot of people thought they would. Yeah, well, I think any time you start at a place that they started uh, with John, Jonathan Smith is, is the head coach. That that's a, a rough place to to start from. They they weren't the program wasn't in in great shape and and I kind of felt like as with the success that we saw Gary Anderson have everywhere that he had gone, it was like I, I was kind of thinking, man, if if Gary Anderson can't turn Oregon State around, I'm not sure anybody can. And and, right. and he and you know that that wasn't great up there with, uh, during his tenure. But but yeah, they're they're obviously playing really well this this year and and again it is early and but and we'll see how it shakes out by the time we get to the end of November but but they are, I I'm surprised um, that they're playing as well as they are right now. Jody is this a trap game for the Utes? I it could be. I mean, I I think it helps that they have their attention coming off a of bye week and so I think Kyle Whittingham is really good at getting guys focused and but Arizona State is is next week they have a tough schedule coming up so that could be a trap game. They they could think ah Oregon State had a couple wins but they're they're going to settle down into the the middle to lower uh, echelon of, of the South. But I the Utes just judging on re, they haven't played Oregon State since 2016. But they're pre, and they have three wins in a row. But you look at the the previous games in 2013 51 48 overtime 2014 they had the double over 
overtime game that they won the next year, 27-12 win, but their last one was a 19-14 win. So even though they've had success against Oregon State in the past, they've been tight games. So they bet they have to be uh, on their A game, I think, to win this one. Well, Neil, it's interesting. When you go up to Corvallis, it's kind of a smallish stadium by uh, today's standards. Sometimes the weather isn't all that good. So there's not really a strong environment there that maybe gets you riled up as a visiting team that you want to silence the crowd and things like that. So it's really uh, kind of a mind game, too, that Utah's just got to go out there prepared and ready to play or uh, things can happen in the Pac-12. But I, I think also that USC loss put uh, the Utes in a good frame of mind. Uh, they showed that against Washington State. They came out, and they really played well on both ends of the, uh, of the football field. And I, I think that really got their attention. Yeah, well, I'm just checking the weather. The weather is supposed to be partly cloudy, no rain in the forecast. So it's always kind of fun to watch a guy slipping around in the rain and all that. But we'll just have to wait till later in the season for something like that. Um, That's uh, Dirk's Bermuda Bermuda shorts weather. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I love to walk around Corvallis, Oregon in Bermuda shorts. <laughs> it's a dream of mine, and I hope to realize it one day. But high temperature, 58 degrees, I don't think it'll happen. I don't have, I have enough hair on my legs to keep my legs warm on that situation. <laughs> Um, guys, uh, we broke down the South a little bit, but bottom line is uh, it's all about winning at this point. And Ryan, you kind of alluded to it, but do you guys think in the big picture, the only two teams in the Pac-12 now that have a chance of getting to the college football playoff are Oregon and Utah? Probably so. I, they might I, need to get through with one loss. It, yeah, that that that's that's the thing. Is is even now, I'm I'm not sure quite if there's there's a chance. You know, for that that's tough to get into to one of those top four spots at, at this point with with a loss and and like we've we've said and on this podcast a lot the, and and people around the country have said this the Pac-12 is just so brutal that there's just still so much football to be played and it's it's just everyone's beaten up on each other and so I'm skeptical that even now there there's there's hope for anyone to to get in let alone six weeks from now yeah. Ryan you follow this a lot two losses won't happen is that is that fair to say in uh, your yeah, opinion I I think so just uh, definitely yeah. the door closes. Huh? Uh, I think so. Uh, and given the Pac-12's track record in the playoff, not too good. So a two-loss team getting in probably is impossible. I thought John Wilner of the Mercury News broke it out pretty interestingly this week. He he showed that the list of unbeatens across the Power Five, the Pac-12 is the only team that doesn't have an unbeaten team, uh, a bunch of one-loss teams. Uh, and all the others, ACC, Big 12, Big 10, SEC, either have two or three or even four, the Big 10, four undefeated teams. And so he broke it down that showed that the Pac-12 could have multiple, have no one-loss teams before others have no one-loss team. So it's kind of an, a rough year. It's fun to watch for you know fans, but it's just not doesn't play well to the playoff scenario. Well, that makes the Rose Bowl all the more important, right? That might be the the peak for a Pac-12 team this year, and the Utes are certainly in the running for that still, and probably will be for several weeks as this thing unfolds. Let's turn it over to our good friend Tom Barberry and Jody. I'm Tom Barberry, and it's time for Utah by Five. This week for the Utah by Five, we are going to thank the Utah PR department for giving us five interesting statistics in the uh, the media guide. So, without any further ado, here we go. Number one, Utes are outscoring opponents seventy-two to twenty-two in the second half, and that includes a safety against USC. So, Utah's defense has only given up twenty points in five games in the second half, which is four points a game. That's unheard of. 
that's terrific. Uh, number two, Utah's held all five opponents to under 100 yards rushing. They rank fourth in rushing defense in the nation and first in the Pac-12. They're only giving up 53.8 yards per game. And Coach Whittingham today said that he was expecting the the Utes' rush defense to be a top-tier rush defense, and, and they're showing that they really are. They'll get tested this week, though, against Oregon State, which is averaging about 200 yards. Right, they will. And, you know, you get guys like Leckie Foe, too, and Bradley and I up there, and it's uh, it's tough sledding for anybody to run through that line, so it'll be interesting to see uh, if they get challenged more than they have been thus far, but uh, what they've done so far has been fantastic. Number three, Utah remains one of four teams without throwing an interception, and they've also only allowed or given up two fumbles, so they rank seventh in the country for turnover margin, 1.4 turnovers. Uh, so, that, Ryan, how important is that, that they have so few turnovers? Crucial. I mean, Kyle Whittingham, that's like, you can't say anything that would make that man happier than than no turnovers. He loves the ball control. But the no interceptions is is big with, with in my opinion, it, just the fact that Tyler Huntley, obviously a lot goes into to throwing an interception or not, but I think a lot of that has to do with how well Tyler Huntley's been playing and, and that, as you alluded to earlier, he's been, been really good and he's shown that it doesn't just have to be Zach Moss doing it all. Number four Utah ranks fifth in the NCAA and leads the Pac-12 in time of possession. So the Utes have the, the ball 35 minutes and 4 seconds per game, which leaves opposing offenses with the ball for just 25 minutes a game, which I think is one of the like underrated stats. Coach Whittingham alluded that to that as well today in his press conference, talking about how fresh the defense is. I mean, so they're able to go all out all the time because they're not on the field very often. So in a sense, Utah's offense is helping its defense out. So that's, that's the way you want it to be. Well, you know, Jody, I think one of the, the stat that accompanies that is how many plays the off- the opposing offenses have run, and I think it's something like 267 plays through five games. I mean, that's in the 50s, and that's that's unusual these this day and age to you know, only have your defense on the field for 50-odd plays uh, per game. So I think that accompanies the time of possession, and that's kept them fresh. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, but the Washington State defensive coordinator lost his job after playing Utah. So def- def- defensive coordinators better be on the watch this year after playing the Utes. Uh, the, the fifth uh, item here is the Utes have had three freshmen start on the offensive line this season, and Braden Daniels, Johnny Maya, and Simi Moala. I'm a little rusty on my Polynesian. Good, good pronunciation. I'm, Kern, I'm a Kearns boy, so you know we we have our fair share of awesome Polynesians out there. In total, Utah's had 20 freshmen see action this year on offense defense and on special teams. I, I like that because, uh, you know, that's just building the future right there, but their offensive line has just been so... They've had such good production and, and done so well, even though there's not been that really, that continuity. That works. Well, Jody, thank you for the uh, Utah by Five. You do a great job with the newsletter. Why don't you put a plug in for that? Yeah, every Wednesday we have our U- New Insiders newsletter. Subscribe at Deseret.com. Uh, we always have the Utah by Five, but we also have quite a few other little fun items in there that you fans will love. So subscribe, share with your friends and your family members. Well, Jody and I have both been here for 25 plus years and uh, we worked together on preps a long time ago, but it's nice to have uh, have us working together again and good to have you on the Ute Beat and uh, even the folks on Twitter should appreciate you. <laughs> I, it's, been a, it's been a fun ride so far. 
We're glad to have you. And Ryan, same thing. Ryan and I uh, share the brotherhood of being uh, former Daily Utah Chronicle sports editors. And it's, uh, we're honored to have you here today, Ryan. Thanks for joining us. It was a last-minute invitation, and he gladly accepted. It's so. been fun. Crony for life. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, maybe someday uh, some residual checks might roll in or something because we were so good. <laughs> But maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. You're, you're going for the pay-for-play for the uh, newspaper guys Absolutely, from the Absolutely, yeah. If the athletes can get it, so can I. You know, we spend a lot of time and money in the union building. I'd just like maybe a refund for all the uh, meals and drinks I bought there over the day. <laughs> Do they have a better bowling alley there yet? It's a, it's, uh, a it's a classic. Uh, it's a classic alley. It's a good alley. Okay, I, I, I don't, don't know don't what tweet to compare about it. the bowling alley because <laughs> that's a whole new generation of people that'll come after you. Uh, as so long as the gutters pop up for me, <laughs> they can do that. It's a good bowling alley. <laughs> Hey, guys, time for our final word. I'm heading to San Francisco this week for Pac-12 Media Day for uh, men's basketball. It's a crucial time for Pac-12 men's basketball. They went 0-3 in the tournament last year. Uh, they had a, a really poor record against Power 5 teams and ranked teams. Do you guys see this as a critical year for the Pac-12, or is it just something that will cycle through and, and Arizona and UCLA and even Utah will get better? Well, I, I think maybe a little bit of both. I, I think the pack. It's been a couple of years now where where the pack. Like you said, the pack twelve has been pretty meh, pretty mediocre, and and so I do think eventually they have to snap out of it. But I'm I'm not sure when that's that's going to be. Uh, we'll we'll see, especially with you know Arizona dealing with whatever they're dealing with. You know, right. with with all that stuff. I I I I'm not sure. I see a light at the end of the the tunnel of mediocrity there. Right, and you look at Utah and, and with so much youth on the Ute roster, this is going to be... It's hard to predict anything. Right. And, and I mean, there are some teams that do really well with a lot of youth, but this could be some patience requiring for the uh, Ute fan base right now and for Coach Krasoviak because with 11 freshmen on the roster and only one junior and one senior, that's going to be tough. But when you're in a, a conference like the Pac-12 where, you know, there's it's not one of the top tier conferences, maybe that... You know, the, yeah, the that Utes, could push you the forward Utes quicker. Have fared really well in finishing in the top four and getting a buy for the conference tournament. That they just haven't cashed in on that. But you know, with sophomores like Timmy Allen and Booth Gotch, uh, you know, they should be in pretty good shape. But we'll see because teams like Arizona, you know, have one of the top res- recruiting classes in the country. Nico Mannion, son of Pace Mannion, a highly touted uh, kid. He's going to be at Media Day, and he's uh, he's going to be somebody to watch. So Arizona may, might be vastly improved from their mediocre season by their standards last year. I'm well, guessing there'll be a lot of optimistic coaches you'll speak to this week. I have a feeling they're all going to be optimistic. <laughs> when this could be the best Pac-12 season ever. That, well, you know, I talked to Lynn Roberts, Utah women's coach, earlier this over the weekend, and she mentioned that everybody's optimistic because they're all undefeated at Pac-12 Media Day. Ryan, you monitored the women's uh, gathering today. What can you tell us? So the Utes were picked to finish seventh in the conference. They finished in a, a tie for sixth last year, and so kind of same middle of the Pack, but um, I, I believe this is the the highest they've been picked since like 2013, something like that. And so there's optimism. They lost a bunch from from last year. They lost the leading scorer, lost the Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. She transferred, lost their leading their point guard, but they've got a really good uh, point guard from just Corner Canyon High School who was wanted by a, a, lot, a bunch of schools around the country. And so there's optimism, but they were picked to finish middle of the road. So I guess success would be 
maybe inching, you know, uh, in the, into the third, fourth range, even if they can't break all the way to the top. All right. Well, in closing, guys, let's uh, let's do some predictions on Utah, Oregon State. I, I'm going to – I'll venture out first. I, I'm going to go with a 38-21 for Utah. Jody? Yeah, I was thinking a bigger win like that, 35-17 uh, for Utah. Ryan? Let's go. I was kind of thinking upper 30s for Utah as well. I'll, I'll, I'll say they're going to just break out. I'll say 42-17. All right. So we're all going with the Utes. Uh, we'll see if we have egg on our face next week or if we were right. And we're hoping we're right. We need the confidence boost, don't we, guys? <laughs> Glad to be told yes. how great we I, are. I've heard the egg is a good moisturizer, but I'd rather not have it on my face. I'm with you. Hey, guys, thank you for joining us. I want to thank uh, Jody, Ryan, and Ken Condon, our producer, and our boss, and Richie, who puts this together. Richie Stedman, thank you guys so much. I want to thank you, the listener, for subscribing to this podcast. Encourage your friends to do so. And we want to thank our sponsor, Mr. Mac. Until next time, guys, we'll talk to you later. Later.